Shooter Straight Talk concerning our Christian walk with host Earl Motes and, of course, me, Doreen Davis. Today's topic is going to be on the different aspects of love and God's love. But before we get started, I'd like to share a few things about Earl. He and I have been friends for a few years, and I have brought many adventures into he and Barbara's lives. We've had one adventure after another, a lot of fun times. But I also would like to share, um, Earl has so many things on the inside of him that he needs to get out, that he needs to share for the world to hear, is how I feel. He doesn't miss a beat, not one beat ever. He is on top of it. He is sharp as a tack. And he has so much love on the inside of him that I know the world needs to hear. So with that said, I'm honored, and it's a privilege to get to sit here and do this with Earl Motes. Well, thank you. It has been a journey and an adventure. But on the same token, I'll say this, that I told someone last night, I was talking to someone, and we were discussing a lady by the name of Doreen Davis. I call her, <laughs> I call her D.D. My nickname uh, when I was working. <laughs> and I said, while we are praying for people to get healed, and while we are discussing things about people, Doreen is busy out there praying for them and laying hands on them, and they're getting healed. So that is the difference between her and a lot of us. She is about one of the boldest people I know. And if you're if you're in a Walmart and you're taking up money, you're a cashier. Don't mention the fact that you would you're sick because. <laughs> You might get hands laid on you. No, I wasn't always that way. No, no, I wasn't. <laughs> that that is the fact. Uh, there was a, there was this a case that happened, and I, she had her daughter had a wreck. I went to investigate the wreck, and when I arrived at the wreck, the police were there, and the guy that had hit her daughter was there, and I walked up on the scene, and Doreen was witnessing to the guy and talking to him about going to church and getting his life straightened out with God. So that's what I'm talking about. But but it is she is and she is she does get a little confusing at times. <laughs> but but uh, that's that's just the way she is. And uh, she started. If you want to know how how my day is going, I says I have a good day any day that I get up. And I don't use the remote control to try to make a telephone call. Amen. So, I'm, uh, so I must be doing pretty good this morning. And <laughs> and I am always better than I deserve. God is so much better to me than I deserve. So, so that's what an old guy that was on TV for years said. I'm better than I deserve, and that's me. Go ahead, Dory. <laughs> well, um, one of the subjects you wanted to talk about was uh, what is love. Share with us what love is. Well. Uh, of course, naturally, I've, knowing me, I looked it up and, and I, made a, I made a long list of dictionary things. But basically what love is, it is a tremendous emotional thing between two individuals, two people, human beings. Uh, animals express love in one way, but human beings have the capacity to love one another and to feel love and to feel hurt and to, and to get, their, get their feelings hurt and all of those things. But they're able to love in, in a manner that God loves us. And God's love is never-ending. It's strong. It's always there. Whether we're with Him and He and we believe in Him or whether we're, we have left Him and walk away, 
He still loves us. And Doreen posted this not too long ago, that even when we don't love God, He loves us. And he's like, the, he's like the father with the prodigal son. Someone asked me the other day about how do I get back to God? Where do I find God? I said, you find God right at the place where you left him. He's standing right where you walked out the door with his arms wide open waiting on you to come back. Mm-hmm. And that's my definition of, of the love of God. And, and, of course, human love should be based upon the same principles toward one another. Uh, and sometimes we don't show that, but that's the way it should be. Amen. Yeah, I You know, God's love is so unique and powerful. And because his love for us is so powerful and unique, he sees us each, you know, we we each have a different relationship with him. Not one person is the same as the other. So, of course, our relationship is going to be different. It's going to be unique. His love is going to be unique but powerful for us. And, you know, we all like different things and we all have different dislikes. But his love is so powerful, and he expresses his love to us in his word. He expresses his love to us through manifestations. And reading about his love and his word and how he walked on this earth as a man, we're to replicate that love to to one another. We're to walk in the deepness, although it's not easy. But his love is so powerful. If we could all grasp onto that, oh my goodness, how wonderful it would be on that unity of love that we would have for one another. Did that make sense? Yes, it does. And and going back to going back to our love, to human love, uh, it's a it it's something that has to be cultivated. It it's not something that just happens all of a sudden. And you, you may you may feel like that that person is that you love that person, but but that once once you once you try to love something, you have to you have to cultivate that love to make it grow, and that's that's the difference between us and God. His love is everlasting; it's it's never ending. It is to the utmost to the world as far as we go. If we get no matter how far we get away from God, David said, "If I go down into hell, God's still there." So God's love is different from ours in that respect. And I got I got criticized for this for saying that love is like planting a garden, but it really is. It you know, is. when 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 you get ready to plant a garden, I'm getting ready to do that. You have to you have to condition the ground. You have to get the ground ready to receive that that seed, and you have to get your heart ready to receive that love. You can. It can only grow when when certain elements are present. You got to have rain. You got to have fertilizer. You got to have sunshine and all of those things, and and then you will reap the harvest of the garden. And you, and if you have all of those things happening in your life, then you're going to reap that that harvest of love from a person. Don't expect somebody just to love you. Mm-hmm. You have you have to do. And I say this again, man. Love is yeah. not bringing your wife a bouquet of flowers on Valentine's Day. Uh-uh. Not once a year. That's it's, It has to be. It's like the old man. That's said, humiliating. Yes. <laughs> like the old man that said, I, his wife kept saying, you don't ever say that you love me. And he said, I told you that I loved you when I married you. If I ever changed my mind, I'll let you know. <laughs> that will not work. No. Women do not want to be. 
<laughs> to be told such a thing as that. <laughs> because every day, uh, uh, I know I knew I grew up in a house, and I'll get this real quick. But I knew in a house, I, I grew up in a house where there was a lot of love, but it never was never was said. Nobody ever mouthed the words except my dear grandma Sharp, which was my maternal grandmother. But see, she thought I was the grandest thing since sliced bread. So, so there was four kids in the family, and nobody had any question. Yeah, nobody questioned who she loved the most because she showed it toward me, and I showed it toward her. And yeah. that, see, I'm 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 not a Pharisee. I don't just love the people that love me, but it's easier to love the people who are, that you know already love you. Okay. And and that garden will grow if you'll do all of those things. All those elements have to be present in the garden. They have to be present in a love relationship. Well, while we're on that, then let's get to this point. You know, so I feel so many men misunderstand, uh, you know, in Galatians, I mean, Ephesians. Um, husbands, love your wives the way Christ loves the church. So... Um, why why is it that they don't understand that concept about loving their wives as Christ loves the church? Maybe they don't understand how Christ loved the church. Maybe they don't understand that. If they don't understand that, they wouldn't understand the quotation, right? Mm-hmm. So tell us what you think it means. Well, Christ, like I said, Christ Christ loved the church with an everlasting love. He he showed it in every move that he made. If you will notice something about Christ, that he, Christ, Christ never rebuked sinner people. He always hung out with them. He always, and he loved them. And when he was hanging on the cross, looking down at the people who had spat in his face, who had mocked him, who had beaten him, who had made all kinds of manner of fun of him was walking around him at the foot of the cross making fun of him again come down from the cross if you're christ these are the words that came out of christ's mouth now this was not the church but this is this is humanity christ said father forgive these people because they don't know what they're doing and christ loves the church in the sense that he wants it to grow. He wants it to prosper. He wants it to do well. He wants it to expand. He wants it. And so he's going to take it to heaven one of these days. So his love for the church is a dedication. It's a dedication. And he's not going to ever change. Okay, I, I don't know whether I explained that well or not. But. Yeah, you did. It's a dedication with true love, though, mm-hmm. because he wants to make sure that um, as we follow him, but he also wants to be a blessing to us, okay. which means we need to be a blessing to each other. Is that yeah. that right? The so Christ is in us. He's in okay, us. Okay, so when you, when you when you marry a person, you became one with that person. Yes. And when you take Christ on, he becomes a part of your life. Mm-hmm. So it, the same thing happens when you marry a, 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 the opposite sex. You became one person, mm-hmm. and so why would I not lo- love my own body? Exactly. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So my wife is, is part, part of, of my body, body. Mm-hmm. and so would I want to do harm to her? I wouldn't harm myself. Exactly. Now, if you don't love her and you marry her and you don't love her, then she's yeah. not going to be a part of that body. Absolutely. You 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 you, you cast her out. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and so you really you 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 never really had a vow there in the first place. Um, I've heard so many married couples say this: God intended uh, marriage for us to suffer. That never set right with me, because you know His Word says that um, you know it talks about love. And he is love. And um, that's the opposite of love. You know, when we see each other as, oh, I have you in my life because I'm supposed to suffer. Um, we're supposed to have all these trials with each other and all these. No, that does not. That, that contradicts his word. And um, to me, they were saying this. It was an excuse because of how unhappy they were sure absolutely yeah the trial i mean I, i'll just stay single for the rest of my life if that was the, the trials case. the trials don't the trials that. don't come <laughs> they're, they're not a part they're not not something you cultivate a trials you know if it if you now marriage has trials but it's not no, it's not it's not constant battle it's not supposed to be a fight <laughs> like <laughs> And I'll tell you what I saw in these marriages, they were unhappy. They're, they were constantly at each other's throats, you know, and you could see, I could see. And since I've been single, it's been so easy for me to sit back and observe. I can see like you wouldn't believe the phoniness. I know when somebody's happy and I know when they're not. Me too. And yes, we don't miss a beat, do we? <laughs> but I'd like to get to this. You know, I... I would like to share some love potion number nine. And, uh, you know, the song love potion number nine. I don't know all of that song, but all of the words. But and you may not agree with me. But first of all, you know, first Corinthians chapter 13 is scriptures based on God's love. Love is kind. It is giving. It is long suffering, etc. This is uh, the love potion that he has given us to follow. And when we walk in his love, we're walking in his light. And that, that brings uh, confidence in us, a confidence that we see that he has towards us. When we know the confidence that he has in us and we have confidence in ourselves, and the confidence that we have in ourselves gives us the confidence to go out there and be the love and be the light that we need to be towards each other. But also it helps us to overlook things, the negative things, and, and gives us a full picture of what we need to see in the people's lives that are in our lives. Instead of taking offense we can see that, oh, you know what? They didn't mean it by that. They didn't mean it that way. We get to see the positive side of it instead of the negative side. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. Very good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself. Well, we're, we're, we're discussing, as we said, God's love. And I have a, my favorite scripture in the entire Bible and just explains that so much better than I can or anybody else can. We've talked a lot about about human love 
And But see, when God made us, he took a man and he formed this man out of the clay. And it's going to be unique. He's going to be different from any other creature that God has ever made because this man is going to have a soul. And this man is going to be alive. He's going to be able to He's going to be able to think for himself. He's going to be able to understand God. He's going to be able to worship God. He's going to be able to stand on his own. And he's also going to be able to love. If we can't love you, who I have seen, how can I love God, who I've never seen? That's what the Bible says. If I can't love my brother or my sister, who I have seen, then how can I possibly love Somebody like God who have not seen, and a lot of people will not believe. They believe that God's a despot. They believe that he's sitting up in heaven waiting on them to make a boo-boo so he can cast them into hell. And that is not God at all. So when he he got finished making this beautiful, beautiful, perfect Adonis of a man, if you want to call it that, because you know anything God made, it had to be, Eve had to be beautiful, mm-hmm. and Adam had to be handsome. Mm-hmm. And I still say, you know, <laughs> well, I won't go any further. <laughs> but, but he put something in that guy when he brought him to life. That man was a piece of clay. He had everything that he needed to live, but he had needed one thing, and that was breath. And God breathed into that man the breath of life, and he became a living soul. And he immediately became a person capable of love. God gave him the ability to love somebody. You know, no other creature on this earth can create things. Look around you sometime. See what what man has created. So God loved the world so much that the Bible says he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That is my favorite scripture in all of the scriptures in, in the Bible because whosoever means me. That when I think of that, I think when God is speaking about whosoever believes in him, and that means me. So whosoever means me. And so I am a, I am a recipient of God's love and his and and his nature. Well, I like to get to this. Okay, back to that scripture on uh, Ephesians five twenty eight. Okay, I think so many um, marriages have gotten into a rut, and I'm not saying all of it is the man's fault, but it is his fault if he isn't loving his wife the correct way, because she's going to give him what she's receiving from him. And you know, the word says, "Husbands love your wives." Does it say wives love your husbands? Because the wife is going to love him when he's loving her, when he's giving her what he's supposed to give her, that um, that love. I feel like a lot have gotten into, um, I, I feel like some are, are have gotten into laziness, being so content uh, with, I don't have to do anything. She, I'm sitting in this room watching TV with her. That's all she needs from me. And sometimes the woman's thinking that way too. I'm not, you know, putting all this on the man, even though, <laughs> right? Right. So um, I feel like there's some selfishness there. You know, they're 
where selfishness abides, true love cannot be there. It cannot be present. And so many marriages I feel like are just floating. They're just going through the motion of each day and and they're 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 missing it. They're missing it. Um they're missing the whole point of what God's love really is. And and they're missing out on living because they're so content where they're at. Um you know, a lot of men I see they they take they they see loving their wives as work. It's work to have to love my wife. It's work that I have to express this. It's work. And see, I can share this because I experienced it. And it hurt me because I saw that I was work when I wasn't being work. I was just, here I am, this person sitting here alone. And to come to that person that's alone, that's work. To say, I love you is work. To say you're beautiful is work. To hold you, give you a a genuine hug is work. Then women need to be touched. You need to be touched. And you're not going to be touched if she's not being touched because you're rejecting her. They need your words of love, words of affection. They need and I have to say this, some people say, and I've read it, I've heard others, well, I only need this language. My husband speaks this language. Is this his language? Is this her language? I'm sorry. I need all five. And I think we all need all five. I think people are just saying, well, I think they're, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They are giving the other person an excuse to not be the way that they would like for them to be. It's an excuse. I don't I I don't want to give a person an excuse when I need this. And so, oh well, well, you know what? I can live without that. It they don't have to be that way with me, but up the road you're going to suffer because you've accepted something that somebody cannot give to you. And then that's when things start going downhill. Well, I don't say a word for mankind. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'll say this, and then we're we will close. But I'll, I'll say this: that uh, if hugging my wife is work, then I apply for the job. Yes, yeah. I apply for the job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoy working then. <laughs> 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 so. We're, we're going to close. We're, we're running out of time, and we're going to close. But I've enjoyed today. We hope that you have. If you're listening at, to us, you will be listening, I'm sure. And we want you to know that God loves you, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whenever you're, for, for whatever state you're in, God loves you. And you may think that, that there's no one in the world that loves you, but he does. And he's concerned about you. So think about those things and some of the things that we've discussed today and and try to, try to tune in and get become a participation in God's love. Amen. Thank you all for joining us, and thank you for listening in. A special thanks to Amy Mann of Christian Television Network. 
If you enjoy our show, please rate and review and be sure to come back next week. And our discussion is going to be on faith. And that is my favorite topic. Have a great day.